Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, May 11th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. Good morning, Tom. Carl, before we get to politics, I have to ask you about the controversy surrounding the Kentucky Derby, your favorite event of the year, your favorite sport, horse racing. Uh, the horse in that race, the winner, Medina Spirit, has, is on the verge or possibly may be disqualified after testing positive for a steroid. Bob Baffert, the Hall of Fame trainer, has been doing a ton of interviews, including one on Fox News yesterday saying, look, this horse never took that medicine. Uh, he doesn't know why this happened or how this happened. Uh, he's going to launch his own investigation and get to the bottom of it. But he's now fighting for his reputation and the horse's reputation and that win last Saturday. It's worse than that, Tom. <laughs> this is not just Medina Spirit's reputation, Bob Baffert's. The whole sport is on the line. That horse is now in Maryland, ready to run at Pimlico, ready to run in the Preakness. Um, people bet on a 26 to 1 long shot. Um, the seven horse who finished second in the Derby. So are they going to award, if Churchill Downs upholds its ruling, is it going to award the, the front, the purse money to the jockey and trainer and owner of the second place horse, and then people who bet on the first place, bet on that horse, don't get their money. There are going to be lawsuits over this. Uh, this is the biggest mess in the history of the Derby. It's only the third disqualification. And it's the, the sport is under a microscope. This is the worst time for this to have happened. People turn to horse racing during the pandemic because the tracks figure out how to hold their sporting events. And now this, it's, it's really, a, it's a disaster, Tom, and it actually makes me very sad. Do you believe Bob Baffert, Carl? I watched that interview and I was, I have to say, I, th I thought his language is fairly careful in a couple of spots, which surprised me. Um, do you believe him when he says, look, this horse never took that medicine. He doesn't know where this came from. And, uh, you know, these horses can get contaminated because they're talking about picograms, these tiny little amounts. And, and you know, if this had been done at a different track or in a different year, like it wouldn't even have registered. What do you make of his defense? Tom, I, I watched that carefully and, and other things that Baffert has said. Is I, I've met him before. I've paid attention to his career. I've always liked him. Um, I, I was trying to think, what are the possibilities here? One is that um, that Baffert's lying and that, that he's been drugging horses. That's in some ways the worst case scenario, but it's not the only thing. And, and, and none of the scenarios are good. The other is that the testing uh, is all screwed up, that there's mistakes in the testing. That would not give anybody any confidence. Uh, third, The third possibility is that the horse that somebody, and, and Baffert hinted at this, that there's um, uh, bad things afoot, that somebody gave that horse the drug to undermine Baffert, that the seamy side of horse racing is not just drugging horses, but framing people for drugging horses. And I guess the fourth possibility, which Baffert suggested, was that there's some accidental contamination. Contamination. I, that seems exceedingly unlikely to me. But all four of those scenarios are terrible. All right. Well, we will see how this story plays out. It's, as you mentioned, he's running uh, <clears throat> this Saturday in the Preakness. This story is not going away. So, all right, Carl, turning to politics, uh, I want to get your take on this uh, the, the ransomware attack on the Colonial Pipeline. Stories this morning, which we posted to Real Clear Politics, saying, uh, you know, gas prices around the country are shooting up to over $3 a gallon on average nationally. And in North Carolina, they're now having shortages. They have pictures of, of people lined up outside of gas stations waiting to get gas. Uh, I guess they're saying that maybe it will be fixed and the pipeline will be turned back on in a couple of days. Uh, but the administration said yesterday, Carl, they're going to 
they're working on this, but this is sort of a private matter. It's a private company. They're responsible for their own cybersecurity, um, and they're not going to advise the company on whether to pay the ransom or not. Um, this is a this is a bit of a conundrum, Carl, and it could have real world impacts for people on the ground. Well, I found that I, I I'm curious about your view too, Tom. I'll, I'll give you mine. I found the Biden administration's response astounding um, for two reasons. First of all, this is a kid. It's like a kidnapping. You're not threatening to kill somebody like in a kidnapping, but you're threatening to shut down the company and cause great hardship to to uh, a vital industry in a country. This is why the FBI was formed, basically, to end kidnapping, you know, to deal with um, crimes that then went across state lines because local police forces couldn't deal with it. Now you have, you know, in the age of the, the digital age, crimes, transnational crimes across boundaries. This crime apparently originated in Eastern Europe, probably in the old Soviet Union, and in a country where um, it's a safe haven, where the government won't crack down on this. If the Russian government or other governments are complicit in these attacks from these gangs, um, this is more nearly an act of war, Tom, than a dispute between two private parties. This is a, a crime, an international crime, and the Biden administration seemed to want nothing to do with it. Now, maybe that's just public posturing. Maybe they're doing something behind the times, but ransomware is a threat to our way of life, and everyone knows it, and the government has to have a response. That's my view. What's yours? Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I were advising, it would be like that Mel Gibson movie. You know, you pay the ransom and then you go find these guys and hunt them down, right? <laughs> Solve the short-term problem. Find them, hunt them down, bring them to justice. Newt Gingrich said they should be, you know, hanged, I think, or killed. Um, but but this is an emerging threat. It's, it's you know, obviously it's going to continue to happen and we need to be prepared for it. And we need to make sure that anybody who engages in this kind of criminal activity um, that we're able to find them and bring them to justice. And it has to be a sort of no tolerance policy for this kind of stuff. Otherwise, it'll, you know, obviously continue and escalate. And the potential ramifications, I mean, electrical grids, right? Stock markets. I mean, Hospital, you can only schools. imagine. Think of the, the, they've hit schools, Tom. They've threatened people with their education. They threatened to shut down, you know, hospitals. This is not a joke. This is not hacking. No, they've hit city governments. Baltimore yeah. was one. Yeah. And, and so it's becoming a bigger, bigger problem. We better get a handle on it right away. All right, Carl, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. I'm uh, Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. And this is Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief for Real Clear Politics. And this has been the RCP Takeaway for Tuesday. May 11th, 2021. Tom and I do these video podcasts on Tuesdays and Thursdays and a longer version on Friday. So join us then.